We're on. Painkiller Nearly, episode 78, probably. What Hello you, there. What, what did you have in your hand there, Taylor? I'm very curious. Oh, turning my TV off. Oh. I had, uh, I've been I... playing uh, Nightmare Mode for like the last, I guess, just like one day. Haven't played much of it on Black Ops 3. Have you even heard of it? Nightmares That's, Mode? Is that where you, if you get shot or you can't respawn or something? How is it? I haven't work? figured it all out yet, but it seems to just be a campaign but with zombies instead of Russians. And so oh. instead of constantly being like, oh, we have to take down Igor and the, you know, Bruce crew, you're going and fighting zombies through the same kind of atmosphere. And you can actually, uh, it, it's neat because you can do the boosting and like the special slide jumps and everything just like you can in multiplayer. And you can't do that in normal zombies. So it's a lot of fun boosting over them. But can you, um, what do you have to do to unlock it? Do you have to beat the campaign? Do you have to beat zombies somehow? Can I guess? Do you have uh, to pay for it? You, any of these things could I've be true. I've got that. <laughs> we, I know that we got the season pass, so I think it might just be a season pass thing. Uh, this is just the first time I've noticed it. Maybe I did something that unlocked it, but I don't think so. Because I have not played much COD recently. I've been too busy playing fantasy realities and NHL 16. Of just... well, that, sounds, well, that sounds fun. I, mean, I, I would play that. I, I bet you have probably have to beat the campaign or... Get to like level twenty five in zombies or something to unlock it though maybe I would, but would more than happily pay the like five ninety five. I'm only <laughs> guessing that you uh, that it's the season pass. How to so. unlock nightmare mode Black Ops three? Um. All right. Millions of fans instead of the difficulty. How do you get it? Stupid article. Maybe they just give it to everyone now. Oh, As they usually do. I don't like the way they do guns in it. Like uh, with zombies and even in campaign, like you can walk over and pick up weapons. Like I guess zombies, it's all on the wall. Campaign, you can go pick up an opponent's weapon. In this, it's like the zombies will just oh. die and then a little floating gun will be there. <laughs> and if you walk over it, you know, sucks to suck if that gun oh. was awful. Now it takes your good gun. And so I've oh, had like sucks. a light machine gun before and then I kill a big group of them in front of me and they drop like two pistols and take up the whole hallway. It's like, well, God damn it. Like I, I can't spend <laughs> enough time to meticulously like duck and jump over these pistols. So I just have to run past and swap out my car 98 or whatever with a it, pistol. But it looks like you fun. just uh, beat the normal campaign and it unlocks Nightmare. That's okay. crazy. I, haven't play I played about six minutes of the campaign and it was really boring. Call of Duty campaigns are not good. I've never enjoyed them. Maybe them they unlocked good. it for everybody. Like, yeah, some of them were good, and some of them can be a chore. Um, I can think of some of them that, that were chores. They um, Seems like uh, Ghosts, maybe. I, I don't think I finished that. I think I got cut two, three hours into it, and they're usually like, I don't know, seven-hour campaigns, so roughly ten-hour maybe, whatever. Uh, and I didn't finish that one. But I like some of the COD campaigns. I think Woody and I both love that Modern Warfare 3 finale when, you know, you, you come up to that building all badass with the juggernaut suit and the light machine gun in one hand and a grenade launcher in the other and the music's playing and then you hang that guy. I love it a lot. Dude, Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3 were all fantastic You lynched someone at the end of 3. Like, like you, how yeah. you gonna beat that? <laughs> yeah. Dude, but Modern Warfare, the Southerner news coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3, to me, are some of the best single-player gaming experiences ever and i know there's some half light fedora wearing beard cell basement dweller who's telling me that i just don't know games or something but no i 
I appreciate a good on rails campaign that you sort of power through. And um, uh, I, Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3 were all great to me. I think I beat them all on the hardest level, including um, that sky level, whatever it was called. That whole on rails thing like that never bothers me and i don't care mm -hmm. one way or another like those are just two types of games for me like one's vanilla one's chocolate i like them both um sometimes it's nice to just kind of zone out and be like in bioshock um yeah yeah i know where i'm going it's kind of straight ahead that's where we're going but then it's nice sometimes to play fallout and be like i don't know what the fucking do like i've played <laughs> fallout before logged on got ready like loaded my character and been like I don't even know what to do. Fuck this. Fuck this. It's Netflix now. Oh, I've done that with Skyrim so many times. Where yeah. it's like I've started new characters in the last like two years. When I'm like, you know what? I should get back into this. Taylor, this was fun. You had a good time. Can you turn your game down, of... Taylor? It's bad. Too loud? Yeah, yeah less gain. You're, you're blowing out. and I think Skype is equalizing it to some extent. But you're not as sexy sounding as you need to be. It, it, it's a dial on I can't hear you at all. Isn't it a dial on your audio interface? It is. Wait, wait. That was, that was we're getting better. It's getting better. You sound much better. It's a little quiet now. You went too far. Okay. Man, my uh, travel getting back into here into here was pretty annoying. We uh we flew out. We left the cabin yesterday. At God, that was yesterday. Fuck. At. Hmm. 9 or 10 a.m., something like that. We drove a few hours to uh, Denver, and we, excuse me, we drove a few hours to the nearest airport, and then we waited there for an hour for that, uh, for that plane to fly us to Denver, and then we waited at Denver for a couple of hours, and then finally flew into Atlanta last night. At about 10.30, uh, I landed, and then I had a meeting in Atlanta at 10.30 a.m., so I had to get up, I got to sleep at like 1 and got back up at 7. Machinima once scheduled me for an 18-hour flight home. I remember. Was, yeah, and it was from fucking Aspen. Scumbags. It, there's just Wait, the, what, an 18-hour flight home? Walk yeah. me through that. I, I don't even know if I remember all the steps. There was a tiny little plane um, that was you know near Aspen. Like Aspen has an airport, if I recall. And then it took me to some other airport in Texas. And then I went to the, from that to a major airport in Texas, perhaps Dallas. And then I went from like Dallas back to Raleigh. Jesus. And, uh, but there were, oh no, the Colorado was involved somewhere. I remember that for sure. And I spent a long time, like I, I got like the last flight into Colorado, like Denver. And then I got like the first flight out in the morning. So I had like a six hour layover or something in there. And I'm just oh. like tweeting to people like speed test updates. My, my download was, it's, it was less than one. It was like 0.17 download, like the old dial up speeds. It was it was horrific, and um, it it was when I learned to fucking push back on the flights. You know, like uh, previous to that trip, I would just any flight you booked for me, I'm grateful. I get it, whatever. Now it's like, what? You booked me on a fucking 4:30 a.m. flight. You don't yeah. have to get up at like one for that. I might as it's, well not sleep. It's no skin off their ass. They're just clicking buttons. They're like, yeah, that one that one's eighteen dollars cheaper, Woody. Come on. You're yeah, like, yeah, fuck no, that yes, two days suck of my life. a fucking dick. I'll skip your trip. You want me to go on this thing? You're willing to fly? You could fucking pay another twenty dollars. And like, I, eighteen hour flights home, un unless I'm coming from Australia, is completely unacceptable. This was in the U.S. I can go from coast to coast in four hours. The eighteen hours to get home, they just didn't give a fuck about me. You know, whoever did it just didn't care at in the slightest. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. 
no one no one stopped and said oh, that's kind of a shitty flight huh <laughs> no yeah, one even no, cared no or one. maybe here's the funny thing like maybe they did and somebody he was like hey hutch look at this look at it and everybody just went <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. I don't know. And Machinima, <laughs> dude, dude, I went to the Machinima's office, right? And uh, the, so here's what happened. Another company started up, the one I'm with now, actually. And they started offering people better CPMs on their videos. That was when, um, and I, I guess uh, X-Jaws and I talked to him and we're like, look, you know, like we're contemplating leaving because we're getting much better like, offers, you know, like dollars per thousand views at, at, at other companies. Can you guys match it? And, uh, and you know, we'll stay. And um, so they're like negotiating. I, I'm walking through the fucking machinima office and there's a picture, uh, like more than one person had it, like on the cube, like with little pins in it. You know, the, the, they have these like fabric cubes with pins in it. It's Benedict Arnold's body and my head, right? And this is fucking machinima staff having this, on their like in their their employees cubes and when i talk to the higher ups they seem really respectful and stuff but i'm like what is it like when i'm not talking to them what what are they saying about me at machinima when i'm not here oh and by the way there's like 12 channels doing this but i've been anointed like the the leader ring or, leader yeah the ring leader head jackass whatever um this is when wings got the much better contract this is when everybody's contracts got better at machinima because another they got competition for the first time and we were shopping around and i still look back i'm just like you know i, I don't know what to say about machinima on one hand you know they they got me when i was small they treated me Kind of fairly, I thought. Kind um, of a pimp situation, I see. <laughs> they saw your potential. Yeah, protection they had money. nice tits. They were nice. <laughs> like that's what they are. Like, come on, they they didn't say. Look at this Matt guy. Man, he's he's real genuine and down to earth. Got a good heart. He said, "Look at that guy. He's got eight, he's got eighty thousand subs. Yeah, he'll do." Like, like, I don't that's care. what happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to. I'm, I've got like worst. Stockholm syndrome on this. They I, when because when I think of some of the contracts, holy fuck, they were fucking dirtbags. Just push them back so many times. Me and Kitty went through this thing for a year with their contract negotiation where they would just keep sending the, the same contract back and she'd be like, no, we're not signing that. Like, like you have to make X change, Y change, and Z change. And then they'd send the same one back. Oh, they're trying to catch you <laughs> slipping. You know, well, just, we read them. Oh. Like, we read them. Dude, like, and the, oh, I could talk about this forever. So first of all, there's this notion, read your contract, right? Dude... Contracts are not always that easy to read. I consider myself pretty good at it. Uh, I would uh, have Kitty read mine and I would read mine myself and we would catch different things. You know, things would slip past Kitty that I caught and things would slip past me that Kitty caught. And things would still get by. These companies, they try to fuck you all the time. You know, the, the fuck, they sent me to, um, to this thing. It wasn't even that bad a contract, but they sent me to this X Games I was going to film it and pimp like another YouTube channel or something, right? And uh, the contract they had me sign was like 18 pages long. It included like rights to software. Um, the, they can produce the Woody goes to, to the X Games movie if they want yeah, to now. It was, <laughs> it was so far ranging and stuff. And like I, I, and it, like I said, it was 14 pages long. They say, read your contract. Dude. It's not written in a, it, it's intentionally obfuscated to make it difficult to read. And yeah. it, it, like, I'm, I don't know how to say it's it without being an asshole. Like 
all the way around itself, just convoluted and nonsensical. Like I, when I was trying to read mine the first couple of times just by myself when I got signed to Machinima, I'd get like 20 lines in. I'd have to stop after like a word of like confidential, you know, secrecy, uh, un, un, condemnation or whatever. And I'd just be like, wait, fuck, God, what, is, what does any of this mean? Like yeah. when, what was the last thing I remember remembering about this and be like, well shit, understanding nothing. yeah right what are you actually beginning? taking from it like it, you don't yeah if you, you quiz yourself right i've looked at every word but i'll tell you what if i'm honest i couldn't tell you what the paragraph i just read said like oh, i yeah. somehow glazed over so it's a skill to read these things and like it, it and i'm not dumb right yeah. not all yeah, the time I'm like a novel sometimes where like i get halfway through a paragraph and i'm like well maybe i just need the whole story and this will all come together in the end it's like nope <laughs> I so yeah, it's manipulative. Yeah, the the whole read your contract fallacy. It's really like whether or not you're in a position to hire an attorney to help you understand your contract. Because, like, I I think there's a sea of critics out there who will just be like, "Well, it's your fault for not reading the contract." No, no, this is a company that fucks you constantly. The um, I, I've had contracts, so I don't know what the deal Machinima gets is right. Typically, an agent will take. It depends who you are. If you're a huge star, like if you're a hockey player or something, or a baseball, basketball player, your agent will take like four, five percent of your earnings, right? Because they're just helping you negotiate. It's not like they're making it all happen. Now, if you're a nobody in Hollywood and your agent creates a deal for you, they might get like thirty-five percent of it, right? Because they went and generated a thing that out of nothing for you. And if you're somewhere in between, like in the YouTube world, 25% of the, of the profit or of the earnings is about right. You know, it, it, if, if I just connect you with him and I make a job happen, I get a quarter of it for that connection. Machinima would take 80%. They would take 80% and it was outrageous. And, you know, sometimes you're just not aware of like, whoa, I didn't realize like this $2 deal you offered me was a $10 deal coming into you. And you somehow thought that 80% would be like, okay. A fair cut for you. Yeah. yeah. So are they like losing money a lot now? Uh, I don't know. It's a whole di Well, I mean, I'm sure there's some people still there, but the, the leaders, the Debawa brothers, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, most of the people that, that you probably talk to and stuff like Fwiz, like he's gone. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's yeah, some were, um, staff still yeah, there, but was that guy's name Shore Wars? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know him. if That's he's gone. Ago. Yeah, yeah. surely he's not there anymore. He's moved on to something else. He's that was not like still, six years ago. He's not still going through my drop boxes. He's like, oh, this is great. All right, 2016, a good year for this one. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> um, he's just catching up now yeah, to yeah, all the yeah. videos <laughs> Wings sent him. Finally, in. gonna pull Wings videos. Out of <laughs> oh, uh, Cod for domination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, I doubt any of those guys are still there. I've been to those offices too. I found it to be very unprofessional when I went. I went when I went in there. I was like. I still so so if you remember me and Sam Extras back in the day we always look would look at Machinima and say why can't like five people run this whole company right here okay sure you need the legal guy in the bag that's that Indian guy who's got his own office Sanjay I met him one time you need some guy in charge being like coordinating a manager a Michael Scott type character but how many like bodies does it take to go around and and do what they were actually doing for the first year or two of their uh, of, the, of their company when we were with them anyway. Like, How many people were there when you went? I, I've always been curious. Dozens! <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I think so they many. peaked at like 40 or 60 or something so like many. that. Yeah. And none of them could get back to you on Skype for any reason ever. <laughs> they didn't have internet there, I don't think. Uh, they had... <laughs> Dude, yeah, what... it was 
Was Mich awful. Was Mishima so made a couple there. giant mistakes. One was hiring too much staff, right? Another was getting into the content production business. Like, dude, you are way better off just taking a slice of everyone that's popular than you are trying to be popular because that's a one in a million shot. And, um, you know, even like the, the people, uh, what was it called? Respawn? The the show with Hutch and Sark on it and Scene Anders joined later. Yeah. I don't know. I think the show uh, was literally called Respawn. That thing was like popular for a while and then it just started dropping and like it, it faded away. I, I feel like a channel with Machinima's millions of subscribers and like market share and mind share and all that stuff should have been able to pull 100,000 views, but it didn't. I feel like they missed so many opportunities. Mm -hmm. And it, like me and Sam were always talking about this, like ways that they could grow the company. That seemed really easy to us. Like, all right, so take that Hutch, Sark, and uh, Seenander show, right? They're kind of headlining Machinima, which means they have access to every director under the Machinima umbrella, which at the time was every director like in the gaming was. space yeah they should what if they started them what if they did their podcast on machinima's main channel and it came out once a week and they just picked a random huge guy from their their or maybe five you know they could do five they could Dude. do anything they wanted they had so much power in their hands and they were so concerned with making that extra penny off of them and, and taking a little more money out of everybody's pocket that they sunk themselves that and all they did with that Mortal was Kombat, make all of us all that like crap. that uh stupid live action halo video where yeah. every two days you'd recheck in. It's like, oh, apparently I like this. And there's I some really real like that. crooked bullshit, too. Like, I, I don't know, with their fucking automatic favorite machine. Like, I, I felt ripped. I was, I was fucking abused by that. I would do things that I thought were special, <laughs> like music videos and stuff, never get any pimping. But they used my pimp channel to pimp other people constantly. Fucking fuck Machinima for being fucking dogs like that. I issued a negative review on Homefront. Suddenly Hutch is bashing me on social media. Fucking Hutch, you fucking... Did you play it yet, though? Yes! Yeah, I played <laughs> it for like 20 minutes. And... No, not enough. Not enough, dog. That was that was Hutch's argument. He's like, no, what you're doing is called a first impression. I didn't know. I changed it to first impression. He's still ripping me on all that. The deal was Homefront was paying Machinima big bucks. So fucking Machinima's bought and paid for to only say positive things about Homefront. And I'm not you're bought making and waves. paid for. Yeah, yeah, and I'm making waves. How long waves. ago was this? Years like, ago. It was like my beef. first packs or something. Yeah. And your I was like... Hutch happened way before I was on the show. I just... I, I, it bothered me because Hutch holds himself up as this paragon of virtue and, like, honesty and, and trueness. And it's like, no, dude, your company had a deal with Homefront, and that's why you're giving me shit. If I had dogged Gears of War, you wouldn't have said a goddamn thing. You know, it, it, I had done like five reviews that day, some positive, some negative, based on what I saw at PAX. I had like early I didn't like access. Homefront either. Homefront was shit. It never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, I was like right. There was a lot of uh, polish in that. They just kind of had a concept. It was okay. It, they, they just took some game engine, throw shit out there, and an it didn't go anywhere. Interesting idea. You know, uh, it just wasn't a polished. Yeah. Triple A title game like we're you know it wasn't like picking out Gears of War and be like holy shit every aspect of this is perfect. It was kind of a lame game. It was uh, yeah. So anyway, Did I, Hutch and Sark I, still work at Machinima. No, they both left actually. They they just have YouTube channels now, and I, I don't know how well they're doing. But I, I'm still a little sore at Hutch because I don't know. He came at me with this morality angle, like like I'm not doing good reviews, and it's like you. The only reason you don't like my reviews is because Mich your Machinima has a deal with Homefront. Yeah, and uh, it's like don't you question my morals when you're the one who's bought. I, it 
It really bothered me. I'm still, it still bothers me a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I'm thinking about it, I was like, and, and you, you know what else pisses me off? That goddamn rain fly. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I feel like I, I, Hutch touched your rain fly. Like, you just cut the hand off. Oh, he would have lost it. He would have given him the old Henrietta treatment. Hutch, the machete would have come out again. Hutch yeah, has made a lot of withdrawals, <laughs> a lot of withdrawals to the emotional bank account from me over the years. Um, and, and not a lot of deposits. So. Uh, I mean, he he let me upload a video to his channel once, which was really, really nice of him. And it helped me a lot. It was actually the last, like, I had 10,000 subs and I got to upload a video to his channel. We were going to do a dual com, but somehow that, like, he he didn't have the enthusiasm for that anymore. So he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my password. You can just upload a video to my channel. So I did that and I, I did my best. And that was when I had 10,000 subs. And then after that, he just shat on me for the next million. Yeah. And, uh... Um, I, I always felt really like, I don't know why this guy shits on me all the time, but he did for years. I, I, I just, I just ignored him. Like I, I, I'd never understood it. I, I liked his videos back in the day, but he, he quickly became kind of a different guy that I wasn't a big fan of or didn't want to be too friendly with. Uh, we don't have a lot of com in common at all. Um, he's just got a real different, uh, mindset about the world. And, um, he's real quick to turn that, uh, that thing on you of, of like, he's real quick to judge you. But never to turn that back on himself, and and we, you just gave a couple instances of that. You know, he'd, he'd be mm -hmm. uh, that that paragon of uh, upright business, and then all of a sudden he'd be like, "Hey, stop that!" And and of course he didn't come at you straight and be like, "Hey, man, we got paid by them. Maybe you just not put that video up if you feel that way." Yes, if, they, if they if they said right. that, you'd probably been like, oh, "All right, yeah. Do I get that money though? <laughs> Maybe I get a little hush money from." <laughs> right? Are you like, talking I, about like underhanded, behind the scenes ways that you felt he was. It, it, he would like confrontational. He had this thing where he's like, "I never criticized the person; I just criticized the behavior." So he would make sly comments on like Twitter and Facebook yeah. about hate the sin, not the sinner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what he would do. And uh, and he'd just be like, you know, I, like I don't know, hypothetically, let's say X Jaws uploads a video and he's giving away an iPad two. You know, I really think that it's not right to upload a video that has iPad 2 giveaways, right? Never mentioning anyone by name, but but obviously talking about a guy. He just did that for years. And um, I think he later came out and said it was mostly envy-driven. And, you know, he was at Machinima making 100 grand, looking at some of the top YouTubers making even more than that, feeling like that's what he should be making. And... Uh, it was what he should have been making. The dummy shouldn't have taken that. He's there's a guy who should have who should have read his contract. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is up in the infancy of that whole thing and cost him a million dollars. Let's just call it a million for a round number because that's what it is most likely anyway. It's hard to say because I feel like once Hutch went to Machinima, he stopped being the good Hutch, right? So I loved Hutch's videos. The early Woody videos were kind of just copying what I liked in his videos. Um, when Hutch would like get a girlfriend or split from a girlfriend or move into an apartment. These were like major events for me. You know, he moved to San Francisco, I think, and in with a girl. Like this was huge. He'd show me, he assembled a piece of furniture, right? And that was like his first adult act or something. Like this is how he described it. And he's like, I can't believe that I'm like, making a desk for myself in my apartment like this is so grown up and it's like, go hut. Like I was so invested in all those things. And then, um, once he started at Machinima, he really kind of made a turn where he's like, you know what? I'm going to stop sharing anything about me with you guys. Now it's all about what I think about video games. Well, he broke up with that Russian girl somewhere around mm -hmm. then, didn't he? Yes. I or, 
and I know that that was a big deal. He dated he dated this um, this Russian girl. He cared I, I for still, her a lot. I I would recognize her if I saw her. I think I saw so many pictures of her. Um, but um, but I I think they broke up around that time. Maybe that was a catalyst in that. But his his main mistake, and it's a shame it happened to him, is that Machinima came in there and and put him on salary when the guy should have been out there getting his CPM in the like the the biggest part of what would have been his career. What, you know what I, I'm he, saying is. He went from being, a, he was really a vlogger. It was video games, but he was a vlogger, right? Yeah. Even if he's playing Explosion Man, he's inviting you into his relationship with the girl he's playing with, right? You know, even if he's playing COD or something, he's talking about what's happening to him in his life. The, the, a lot of people consider like the peak of the video. Didn't he cry once when he got that job from Machinima, right? That, it was touching. It was touching. And I don't mean cry in a negative way. That's not how I No, no, it, no. But, he, he had a few. Yeah. Um, he was very. It was emotional. It was open. He, he was kind of an open book, and uh, it felt very real. I then think he closed that book, and uh, no one watched Touch for his gameplay. He's good at games. I don't mean to knock him, but that's was not why it. they watched him. Eh. I was into it. I liked his like like run and gun sniper style. Uh, I okay. Liked that. Some people watch Hutch for his gameplay. I watched Hutch because I liked the man, and then he then he cut that off and he's like you know, you know i was what? just thinking about him the other day i was thinking about watching his videos in world at war because uh, he played a lot of world at war with those bolt guns uh, i just remember him running around with that uh with those guns and really enjoying those videos and him i, I think that was maybe the third video of his i saw uh you know is that point when you find a new entertainment uh thing whether it's a person place or thing whatever and you try to absorb all of it that there is as quickly as possible and now you're more will come soon more will come. You've soon. explained it so well. I've, yeah. I've had a. I, 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 I can name a. I did. I did that with Casey Neistat. I did that recently with Demolition Ranch. I've done it with. Um, uh, oh, this is one you guys probably won't like, but Sailing La Vagabond. Um, sounds fun. They yeah, it's this. It's this good-looking couple. They're probably like twenty-six or something, and they sail around the world. It's what they do. Oh, that sounds I, cool. I, I was kind of jonesing for content. A few months ago, they spent like three months on land rebuilding up their money so they could sail for the next year. And uh, and it was them like just like getting jobs and rebuilding like, up their money. So like they just show up on land and walk to like a subway that's hiring and they just start. Literally. Yeah, yeah. That's like the level of job. I think the guy might have done something a little more physically taxing, like in the construction world. The girl was like Starbucks or something. They're Australian. So cool. they, were, they, did, they went to Australia, worked their buns off. And um, they, interesting have, way they to, have a to... sailboat, which to me implies a certain level of wealth, right? Like it's, it's a sailboat. It seems nice. They're in the Caribbean, tan and good looking and like i don't know they catch their fish with spear guns and stuff this to me is a very expensive vacation if yeah. i wanted to do a week in the life of sailing la vagabond i think i'd lay out like 12 grand you know you'd and, have to be incredibly rich or incredibly poor yeah to do things like catch fish with a spear like you don't <laughs> there's no middle class guy who gets back from his construction job who's just looking at his fridge with that postcard of, you know, a guy about to spear a fish, like, you know, someday when I save up enough, like I'm gonna no. get out there and spear myself a big <laughs> Yeah. The, the, so theirs is like a gun, like a I don't know if it's a, a handheld harpoon. I, I think it's called a spear gun. Yeah. And it's, um it's got it's got um most of them use like a stretched rubber it's not a rubber band, but it's more like a um um, like that tubing, like like a like a like uh, that long surgical tube. tubing stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's 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 using that for its 
Yeah. And, and they shooting don't, power. They don't make a lot of content. I'll, I'll say a video every like 10 days or so. So when one comes up, it's like, ooh, now what? Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's usually a couple of days filmed together and edited and stuff. The girl can sing. So every so often, like that'll add a flavor to it. And you think like it, it sounds really home movie when I say it, but no, she's legit. Like, like I, I heard her singing. I'm like, she could be a star, right? <laughs> like I, I don't mean to go crazy about how good looking she is, but she's like perfectly good looking. What else do you call her? Um, I'm gonna look this this hairy giant jaw monstrosity of a <laughs> let's woman. Let's look up. her up. Let's look her up. Uh, I, 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 her I think name I... used to be Jim Davis. <laughs> Um, or the surgery. Let's see. She's just yeah. belting out Barry White tunes <laughs> so the, deep. on the bow so of the deep. boat. Baritone. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the something vagabonds? Shaving. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to... This, this doesn't back. show her face, but here's a... Oh, whoops. Oh, Wait yeah, she's top. pretty. Yeah, I don't, I'll just go to the... Oh, she's got a nice body, too. Wow. Yeah, she's very nice. Yeah. Unless I'm at a concert or it's expected, if I see anyone just begin to sing or break out singing, I, I become very uncomfortable. It almost She's... makes my stomach hurt. Like, I can't watch people just... if I, I get, like, sweaty when I watch musicals when I know one is coming. And they're like, you know, <laughs> wow. what do you think about old man Jenkins, Tommy? And he's like, well, you know what I think? <laughs> I think... And it's like, oh, no. Oh, Jesus. Like, it, a song's coming. Like, I... I don't know why it makes the pit really? of my stomach hurt. I'm yeah, way more I, laid back. So you don't so like musicals? No, I can't I, handle it. I love musicals. I just watched Sweeney Todd the other day for like the third time. My daughter's in a musical right now. She's about halfway. She there are six performances. She did three of them ish. I think I, you know, I I think I would like to be in a mu musical. I like them so much. Dude, I, this oh, is the it's, worst. It's surprising to me. So Hope is always being cast as like the flirtatious girl. And uh, in this case, she's like the flirtatious grandmother. But um, she really plays it up. There's a scene where she like this, has this guy and she puts his hand like between his chest. And I, I don't know how she touches it, but it's like that. As a dad, I didn't like it at all. And, um, and she got some pushback from her, the other people at school. They're like, ah, oh, Hope's a slut or something like that. And I'm like, Hope, that's a compliment, right? This guy played a Nazi and no one said Griffin's a Nazi. You know, this guy played a murderer <laughs> and no one said, you know, Lewis is a murderer. But they're saying Hope's a slut because you sold it. <laughs> you know, that's... Yeah! That certainly is Right a side, way. motherfucker! I found it! <laughs> yeah, are you going to do that to her when she goes up on stage? You just, come here, Hope. You get up there and you show them what's what, you little you fucking it. whore. You sell <laughs> it! You little whore. Uh, no, she did She did well in the play. She did a good job. Um, uh, and, and I'm sure it'll pass because she's not actually loose at all. But, um, yeah, and it's a child's play. Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, she's growing up. I guess it's I guess it's a young adult play now. She's sixteen, sixteen. Did you just call her sixteen? I was going for <laughs> seventeen, and then I was like sixteen. Yeah, yeah. And it became sixteen, which is just not an age that's appropriate for anything. <laughs> she is no. sixteen. Her birthday's in June, so she's approaching seventeen. So she sings. Kyle, what what would you do in a musical? I can't for the life of me picture you sliding out there on your socks and then doing a jig and singing. God, I, I can't, I can't, I can't dance, but I feel like, and I don't feel like I could sing like, um, oh, oh for two. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no. I feel like I could do. He can sing in singing. his range. I've heard yes. Kyle sing, and and if he stays in his range, he can sing much better yeah. than I can. If um, I feel like if the if there, 
there could be a part that would work for me that I could sing very well as long as I stayed within my range, which is like this big. I can't go this low or this high. Um, I can stay in there and I can stay in, in key and everything, oh, and I can sing a little bit. A lot of but people. I think, I would like a small part. I feel like that'd be fun. In Hope's musical, a lot of people have that same thing. Like the people with the better parts, I feel like have Kyle's level of talent. Like they can sing. Are they going to be, you know, Broadway stars or something? Probably not because they don't seem to have a lot of range. But um, provided that you cut them a break and they don't have to hit that high note, then, you know, it, it, it's a good play. I, I enjoyed it. Most it of my friends pippin'. also hated having to do like musical shit. Like, there's always that one kid who loved doing musical stuff, like, growing up, you know, and you did, like, the Pilgrims and Indians play, and you're, like, singing and dancing as a first grader. There was this, we had to do, like, a program in our grade school every year, and they'd have a few people, like, who were really into it, usually, like, the guy that was going to be gay, and then a couple of the girls would want to be out front, like, you know, really giving it their all, and then if you were really lucky, you could be like, all right, you're, Taylor, you're going to be at the tree this year. So you're going to wear this big cardboard thing and you're going to stand in the back. And it's like, oh, oh hot so shit, lame. I get to be in the tree. Don't have to so sing. So you were a stump in the mud even then. I, I would, the I would try and do that. But then like usually like some kid would get that and that's not me because there's limited trees needed in this forest. And so then they put you up on the, uh, you know, those cheap rickety stands they would put the choir on where like yeah, too yeah, many people that... leaned, it would almost collapse. Yeah. Uh, the subsequent year to when I was in like fourth grade, so I guess third grade, this kid legitimately locked his knees on the top stand there. And it wasn't like you, it was just a sheer four foot drop from the back. There was no safety. And this kid just fainted, fell off the back during a rehearsal for it, knocked himself out, couldn't actually do it. Like he said, so I don't funny. feel safe standing up there. So he didn't have to do it. I had a, um... year, my friend Mike tried to do a pretend pass out because he was telling me he was like I'm, i don't want to do this either and jerry last year didn't have to do it he got to sit and watch <laughs> so if i fall off too they're gonna let me not do it and and he really sold the fame by just going limp at the top and he fell off the back and i want to say broken because it's more dramatic but i think that he sprained his wrist falling trying to catch himself because for the next few weeks he had to come in with like one of those goofy splints that it's like look at that jackass did something dumb but yeah, he didn't have to do the the play. So. I was uh, I remember we did Beauty and the Beast, and I was Lumiere, the candlestick, mm. and I had those candles on my uh, my hand, and we're all out there dancing. Uh, what, what was the? Uh, I'd love the to song? see footage of that. You what? were Lumiere. I was Lumiere. Yeah, yeah. My buddy was uh, like Clocksworth or whatever, so he was the clock, and you know I was the candlestick. Both yeah. good parts. Um, yeah. I want to. I've got two things I want to talk about. I got my blood taken today, so. Here's my question for you guys, and, and I have strong feelings about this. What I don't like, and lots of like nurses and doctors do this, is this fucking notion of surprise attack medicine, right? Yep. I, I like it. it I, do you mean? Okay, so when they give blood, they want you to like look the other way, and they don't tell you what they're doing, and all of a sudden, fucking bam, they're. They stick you with something, or or I had like moles removed off my back from like my lifeguard days or something. Like I don't know if you should have that. So they're not like you know like okay. How much did that cost? Because I got one I want to get taken off. I think I just paid a copay, so I don't really know. Ah, you got you got not, you've got good insurance though. I think so. I bet they're gonna charge me four hundred dollars a fucking mole. <laughs> I, I if I were to throw a number out, I bet they charge you like one twenty five a mole. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, it's better than dying. Yeah, you can get melanoma. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, uh, yeah, this guy I had today was awesome. It was awesome. So another thing I'm really particular about, I'm such a dick. 
I don't like it when doctors are really late. You know? Like, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm busy, they too. They always seem to be. I'm busy all the time. And, like, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I fired a dentist once because they were late twice in a row. And uh, it kind of made a scene. You know, like, I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I called ahead. Oh, here, I did two things. They were late. So I was like, all right, can't be late like this. You know, I can't be waiting no, around for 40 minutes for you to take me in. Um, how do I like, catch you guys when you're not late? And they're like, I'll come right after lunch. You know, sometimes we'll run late into lunch, but we just have to shorten lunch and get back on schedule. Okay. So I'm right after lunch and they're still fucking 40 minutes late. And, uh, and I'm waiting. It's like 20 minutes in. I'm like, how can they be 20 minutes late when I scheduled an appointment specifically at the time they won't be late. And then 30 minutes late. And they call me You're just me getting back madder there. and madder. You're looking so around. Mad. Every time the door opens, you're like, this is me. This is me. And you're trying to think, am I mad now? No. If that were for me, I would be normal. And then, and then the door swings three more times, and you're like, if that door had been for me, would I have still been me? Or would <laughs> I have been angry me? And you're like, yeah. I'm angry me now. Yeah. Now I'm waiting for the door so angry me can get so, Then you start them. to talk yourself up where you're like, ho, 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 I hope this isn't me. I need to be justified in my Are anger. Would you look at that? Me? Are they doing this on I think they're like 30 <laughs> minutes late at this dentist office. And I'm like, they call me in and I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad. I sit down and they have like a computer monitor on like this big telescoping arm, almost like a boom mic. And I catch the time on it. And they're 42 fucking minutes late. And I'm like, you're 42 minutes late, 42 minutes. And she's like, what? what? Like, is that, that's not okay. And, I, and I'm like, no, I can't believe you're 42 minutes late. I scheduled, I called before I came and said, are you guys running late or not? Because if you're running late, I'll just come in, you know, like you need a half hour or something. That's cool. I'll get some work done, <laughs> but I can't be sitting around in your fucking waiting room for 42 goddamn minutes. And that's what happens. And, and, and when I realized that they weren't half an hour late, when I saw her screen and she was 42 fucking minutes late, I was like, that's it. I'm gone. And she's like, what? No, we're ready for you now. I'm like, no, no, you're fired. You're, fi this is like a, um, what do they call the person? O oral hygienist or something? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you're fired. And the dentist is fired too. This whole fucking office. No, I didn't curse or anything, but like this whole office is, I'm done with it. I'm never coming back. You're fired now. When you Th say you that's didn't it. curse, do you mean no F bombs? I don't think I cursed at all. Cursing. No, you meant light cursing. I was, I was at the doctor's <laughs> office. So, um, uh, anyway, yeah, the doctor is like, is there a problem? I'm like, yeah, you don't run a good office. You, this is the second time in a row you're this late. Wait, did you let them clean your teeth? No. This is all. So you sat there. And then you just yelled at him, and then it, you're, well, you took you and your dirty teeth out of there. I did, yeah, yeah. So they they, they walked me in. <laughs> oh they God. were as they were like putting the drool bib on me. I uh -huh. caught the time, and it was like not going to happen. Look, I not going to happen. Hundred thousand percent here. <clears throat> this is a time when I feel like all of your anger is justified. You're, you, it it happens to me occasionally. Like like this is so reminiscent to me of like bad people not ignoring me at Apple, at Outback Steakhouse that time or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like. Why are you so bad at your job? Is it because it's me and you think you can get away with it? Is it because you think that I'll just sit here and take it? 
You think I'll sit here for an hour, two hours? How many days would I sit here waiting on you to clean I my teeth? I build it up in my head as doctors thinking that they're just a better class of person than their patients are. Sure. And, that's, and I'm, that's part of it. Yeah. I'm not okay with that either. Like, I'm, I'm busy, man. You know, like, I would have come in late and got some work done instead of sitting around in your office. I'm feeling pressured at my job, and you're here just fucking me over at the office. And, um, and the dentist tried to, like, smooth it over, and I'm like, no, you're fired. That's the end of our relationship. I am not going to be here ever again. And Dr. Mann in Cary, North Carolina, suck a dick. You're terrible at running an office. That's M-A-N-N. It Cary, is. Cary, North Carolina. It is. M-A-N-N. Dr. Mann in Cary, North Carolina. You back with it. Like, uh, you know, maybe somebody slips out with two goodie bags. Nobody notices this week. You know? I've got an extra trial-sized toothpaste. Yes. No, no. Yeah, that, that didn't happen at all. I, uh, he just, he, I, I, I don't, I like to think that he became slightly more aware of the fact that he can't fuck his patients like this. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea if he made any improvements. See, that's I, I have that hope whenever I, I scream at a waitress. I, as I walk away, I'm like, I helped her. <laughs> She's better now. She's this, this, this was a learning experience for her. This is good. That's, that's, that's what I did. The, the guy it, it makes me feel better. was amazing. I, I bet. He was great. <laughs> he... Uh, so basically I have, I'm getting a physical my wife thinks I should get a physical so I'm getting a physical like we've got all these family members who are not doing well and she's like we, let, let's get checked out she, she said we got too many eggs in one basket let's get you in there <laughs> <laughs> she led by example she got her own physical she had a good experience and she wants me to have one too now so uh, prior to getting the physical I gave blood and that'll be part of their analysis I may I interrupt you go on oh at your physical that you're getting is you get are you getting uh, you getting scoped you get a colonoscopy is that is that part of it <laughs> you should you're over 40 right no you shouldn't because i was just uh so there was this doctor on the howard stern show the other day and don't let that fool you he's like he, he's the doctor that they called in to uh cure robin's robin quiver's cancer so he's like he's like a legit doctor they were doing him a favor by having him come in the studio to pimp his book mm -hmm. and he said that there's um there's a blood test for um colon for that, that, that is going to completely eliminate the, um, colonoscopy. the, uh, what did I just, what were we talking about? Colonoscopy. Scope. What do you call it? Colonoscopy. I don't colonoscopy. think. He said colonoscopy is going to be a thing of a, colonoscopies are going to be a colonoscopy. Colonoscopies are going to be a thing of the past, uh, in like a year, he said, because of this new blood. That's outstanding. That so, so maybe you could avoid it. So Kyle, you're, you're pausing and speeding up. I think it's your internet connection right now and frozen for me at this moment, but, um, I'm not getting colonoscopy because i had oh, one fuck. like four years ago so i am not due for colonoscopy hopefully like kyle says by the time i need my next one which is like six or 11 years from now uh it's a thing of the past how long was the work of time for your colonoscopy like i've always wondered that like uh, do they just right. go up and they just pop a finger in or is there like a couple minutes of like all right i'm gonna go in and oh you know it's a little too much no. i'll, I'll describe minutes. it for There's you no, let, let me take over here in. for a second. First of all, on the blood thing, the guy was a magician. He he told me <laughs> what he was. Yeah, he's putting that alcohol swab on it, which everyone knows is like you know, like it's <laughs> about to happen. He nailed the vein immediately. I didn't even know what was going on, and the first vial was nearly finished, and I'm on the second one. I can see there's three vials. It must have been 90 seconds altogether. He was like. My appointment was for 9.15. They grabbed me at 9.15. The whole freaking thing was done by like 9.17. And, uh, and, and he didn't do the fucking like blindfold you and attack you with his fucking spiky thing. So I love this guy. Best doctor or nurse probably experience I've had in ages. Colonoscopy. 
First, you have to drink this drink. Um, people make a big deal out of the bad taste. It's bad tasting, but I swear there are Gatorade flavors I don't like on the same level as this drink. And uh, you're Wait, not real like... quick. Are you talking about a colonoscopy where they stick the camera in your ass? Yes. Or are you talking about the prostate exam where they stick the finger in your ass? Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy, colonoscopy with okay. the camera. Yes. You're going in deep. So you have going to... in deep, Rick. You got to poop out everything in your belly, which involves drinking this drink, and it makes you poop. And you also have to drink a lot of fluids. Like there's some, it's a lot. Like I want to say a gallon over some period of time. Um, It's a lot of pooping. They have you Vaseline your butt between poops. You know know when you blow your nose a lot and you just like rub it raw and it gets chapped and whatever? Well, they're like, you're going to be doing so much pooping here. You want to Vaseline that puppy in between. And uh, my wife did hers before me. Again, she leads by example. And she's like, yeah, that Vaseline thing. You'll, appreci- you'll be glad you did it. And uh, you spend a night on the toilet and just, like, settle in for that. You know, like... It, <laughs> you spend a night on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Intermittently standing up, slathering your asshole on Vaseline. <laughs> yes. you walk up, stand up and walk away, and the rest of the family has to pretend that you don't have, like, a warming solution going on between your cheeks as you're watching you know TV. The, you know what the nastiest thing in Woody's house is? That jar of Vaseline that he kept going back into for more. Like, that is the nastiest. Oh, I bet like, he had to double dip a couple times. You know? I'm sure it didn't survive the move. To loop her up in that hospital. That is the nastiest jar of Vaseline on the planet. So, I hope that was disposed of. I don't know where that jar is now. I'm sure we don't have it. But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and... and <laughs> The tale makes you that you get up and like you know the family has to pretend that something horrific didn't just happen. Oh, There's not a lot of getting up. No, no. Th- I, I guarantee what he's very open about this, and all they probably <laughs> had to do was like do this, and they could hear the shitting. <laughs> this is a night where you pick a Netflix show you like, get a laptop with some Wi-Fi, and watch it from the toilet. You're going Jesus. to be there a bunch, and it's awful. And you know, eventually you just poop out all you can poop. It takes hours. And you get up, of course, I don't know why doctors like to do everything at the crack of dawn, but they do. So, um, so you know, you're waking up at like 4.30 the next morning for your 5.30 appointment. And uh, they bring you in there. And it's weird to me because everyone in that office knows about what's about to happen to you. And to them, it's casual. They do it four times a day. To me, it's a very private thing that's about to become public. Yeah. And... Uh, it's like I, I'm I here for the headaches. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they know you're there for a colonoscopy. They know that there's going to be a team of people all gathered around your ass with a camera like a couple feet into did it. You, did at any point you hear them or see them being a little bit too casual with it? Like, like yeah, give me that ass camera, Robin. All right. Yeah, it's going to be big. All right. <laughs> like, like, are they very professional about that... it? Were there any butt jokes, I guess is what I'm asking. <laughs> no. I have had that problem at other times, but I, I'll circle back to that. Um, you go in, they lay, and they, they put you on your side. And I'm just like, like if I'm going to have surgery that day, so they give you these medicines. They're you know, like anest- the anesthesiologist is your bartender that day. He is going to give you the hookup. Then they'll give you like, yeah, we give you this so that you're not nervous anymore. Because people will like panic as they start wheeling them around. And I'm like, let, you know, I know the deal at this point. I, I don't know how many surgeries I've had in my life, but it's double digits, right? It's been hurt a lot. And uh, all that general anesthetic cannot be good for you. <laughs> it's my my memory's bad, maybe, but they. Uh, <laughs> 
as soon as I go in there, I'm like Pavlog's dog. Like, you know, where I don't know even know what it's called, but it's like, hook me up with that anti-anxiety shit. It's the greatest. I start like professing my love for Jackie. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Oh, you're one of those people. You oh, get really just moody. On apparently. It. Not moody makes it sound like a negative thing. I am just happy happy and high. Happy and so high. I'm just gloriously and, and you know like it's i'm not even nervous i'm excited in anticipation so, of this drug you injured yourself on purpose to go back <laughs> never it's not yeah, worth that's it. why he has so many surgeries the first time they put me on that like laughing gas shit i they had that tv right in front of me and it was just i had to watch like 40 minutes of glenn beck talk about god knows what can't even remember while i was high out of my mind never experienced it before it was horrible now I hate oh, it. that's terrible. It for me. No, not me. I haven't had a TV. Usually, like, my wife is nearby holding my hand or something. And uh, as soon as that IV goes in, because they give you an IV as part of the, uh, the, the surgery experience. And it's like, if I'm going to sit here with an IV, I, I feel like my compensation should be whatever fucking drug you give me that's so great. And uh, I'm just like, you know, when's that coming, huh? Huh, guys? Like, let, let's get the drug rolling, you know? Like, hey, anyone else down for a little IV, whatever the fuck you give me? Because I'm a big fan. And uh, and then they give me that, and, and the rest of the experience is fantastic. They, they roll the – I didn't know – how they did the colonoscopy like what position i'm in like do i sit there doggy style getting a colonoscopy do they have a special strapped in <laughs> like a bdsm dungeon yeah. <laughs> you know like i thought i might be on my belly for it like if i'm more realistic or i also Were thought you wondering how much spanking there was gonna be <laughs> you know how... splayed out missionary style with your legs and stirrups no dignity whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> you know how women get that? They have like the, they have a special table that like straps their legs in with stirrups yeah. and everything. I thought maybe there'd be like a, a variant on that where you just went doggy style for colonoscopies, you know, where like you, know, you just you just go in like this pommel horse type thing and sit on it. But what they actually do is use a regular like gurney operating table and they lay you on your side. So uh and, and then I guess at some point you like but one knee, one leg straight, one knee is bent, and now. they stick a camera up your butt. Now, the surgery happens, and there's of course like no real recollection. You were of unconscious that. for the surgery, right? Like, like you're out, and so, you wake up, and it's happened. As far as I'm concerned, I'm unconscious. But I guess what actually happens is I'm semi-conscious for the surgery. But ah, they give you a memory that gives you like am a drug with amnesia in it. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I, I have I have no recollection of it at all. But I remember coming out of it, and um. Then here's the thing. They, they give you like some water and crackers or 7-Up and crackers or something like that. But um, they also want you to pass gas. And I'm not a big gas. Like, I, I guess I'm a normal person with regards to passing gas. But I don't sit there and just rip farts in front of people. Like, that's that's I've never been that guy. Even in high school, I didn't rip farts in front of people when it seemed like all my peers did. And uh, here I am in the recovery room being graded on my ability to rip farts like all you're the nurses it's just like you're trying oh to that's a good one yeah. too much yeah all, rubbing your belly yeah all the nursing stuff they like congratulate you like oh nice. meanwhile your wife is right there like yeah that's a good one yeah, yeah never gonna fuck you again <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's oh god that's that's the deal you know it, it it's like but like 
I guess they inflate you because the camera wouldn't work otherwise. It would have no visibility. So yeah, I noticed in those videos, it seems like they've got a very wide open uh, like highway they're heading down. So maybe they're pumping you full of air back there before are. things get yeah. started. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, those aren't bad farts anyway. I feel less bad about that because it's just like You're they probably didn't, probably didn't smell that bad. It's probably just air. Exactly. It's semi-contaminated, right? Because you've got an empty digestive tract. With yeah. air that that's not the result of like some digestive chemical reaction. Yeah, it's not methane gas. Yeah, it's, 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 it's I think air. it's regular air. For all yeah. I know, it's CO two or something. Hopefully, but... they're not doing CO two <laughs> or oxygen. Can you imagine like an explosion in your ass? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah. No, we used I... to use O two, but oh, that went bad. <laughs> it could be nitrogen. I don't know what it is, but it's not like there's it's a stinky gas or anything. It's air, and your digestive tract is pretty much empty. You know, because yeah, yeah. of that awful night before. So, um, but still, it sounds like regular farts, even if it doesn't smell bad and you're doing it in front of everyone. And they're like, you know, they, 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 if they come back around, like, all right, I've been away for four or five minutes. How's the farting going? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't, this is not that, my normal. That whole thing with you talking about the air in there, I don't know why. It just made me think of uh, when I was like, I get into like maybe six years old at one of my friend's birthday parties. They had a bunch of helium balloons and then a bunch of regular balloons. And people just blew up and they're all over the place. And one of the adults cut open one of the helium balloons and sucked it in. And like that was the first time any of us heard like the high voice thing. We're like, oh my God, this is so funny. So the party keeps going. How everything. old are you at this point? Like six. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, three <coughs> months ago? No. So <laughs> I was six and everybody just keeps playing. The party starts to die down and some kids go out there and they start cutting up the helium and sucking it in too. And once all the helium balloons were gone, they just started picking up regular balloons off the floor that just had someone just blew these balloons up <laughs> and just put them on the floor. And so looking back, just thinking of my friends, like what the adults were thinking when they were just inhaling balloons full of this guy's dad's breath. <laughs> I was wondering, why does it taste like cigarettes and why isn't my voice funny? <laughs> I don't know why that popped in my head and it was so funny just picturing a kid just willfully sucking up lungfuls of like a grandpa's breath. <laughs> this oh, one's so like stuff. bourbon and cigars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it smells like my uncle's house. It seems like inhaling alcohol is a thing that should work. Seems like it'd be really unpleasant if like you, it was. Maybe you you're do right. your. I, they do it in the butt. I think that's the way to go because you you, you do so much alcohol in your butt and it I'm, absorbs directly, so you don't and you don't vomit. Yeah. Obviously, it's not in your stomach. You do like one shot in your ass, and that's like you're seven gone. shots in your stomach or something. Yeah, like something one crazy. beer in your ass, and you're having a great time. Is that that's what, real? Like, uh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every so often, there'll be a like story on the internet where they're like, oh, "You know what the high school kids are doing now? Rainbow Snorting parties, condoms. right? <laughs> Rainbow parties where all the girls wear different colored lipstick, and then their penises get rainbows from all the blowjobs they're getting." And yeah. I'm like, "Wow." There's no that rainbow parties when I was in high school. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> and then you realize, like, dude, all of our viewers, if you're listening to this right now, leave a comment. Ever been to a rainbow party? I'm Tell betting us. you haven't. I, yeah, I'm betting. Nobody's been to a rainbow Yeah, party. even the great Kyle. And, and Taylor had uh, did quite the success back in his day. Ever been to rainbow parties, guys? Nah. It's only uncomfortable when the girls get mixed up with what color they're bringing, and then they're, you know, you know, oh, were you hot pink or was Samantha hot pink? Like, of you course liar. I remember you, babe. Never been there, to a rainbow party. There of are things not. like that's not a real thing. Yeah, there are things. There are things like that, that's, but not in high school. That's like you have to go to like some kind of a sex club. That's You're Vegas. To, yeah. What kind of Microsoft Excel one. chart do they have, seeing who gets what color for a group of eleven girls? You know, is, so you got cyan like. <laughs> 
So, somehow that circles back to the thing Kyle was talking about, which was, um, oh, the alcohol up the butt. I wonder, like, is that a real thing too? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a real thing. I've, I've never done that, but I have seen it done on television and I've, I've read about it and I've heard about it. It's a thing. It totally is. Um, they did it on the Stern Show. I've seen it there. I know that Steve-O, uh, he does it. Um, and apparently you can get incredibly drunk. And alcohol poisoning can even be a problem because you absorb all of it. You know, your, your liver's not part of the process when you're just putting the alcohol right in your ass. Uh, and neither is your stomach. So it, it's a... I, I just feel like it... Like, I, Okay, apparently it's a real thing and I'm wrong. But I thought to myself, like... Aren't you missing a lot of the digestive process? Does it like like I couldn't put an aspirin in my ass and expect my headache to get better? Could sure, I? why not? If you because ground the aspirin up, mix it with a little water, and then squirted that up there, you'd be great. So your you body takes food, breaks it down, and then like spreads its energy throughout the rest of you through I think chemistry and magic. I thought that process was <laughs> was also the same way that like aspirin got spread around into your bloodstream and such. Some things can absorb like through your uh, through your skin and into your cell walls. Because I know like with aspirin, for example, one thing that I used to do whenever we get bee stings as a kid, you'd take the aspirin and you'd mix it with a little water and rub it between your fingers and then rub it right on the bee sting and it instantly takes the pain away. Yeah. It's like that material or that tissue in your rectum, I guess, is really, really porous. And so it very quickly sucks up all the alcohol in that shot. Um, that seems I, like <laughs> if it wasn't so awful, it would be such a great way. Awful? Well, hell, getting it in there is half the fun. Yeah. And I've come up with a much better way. What you want to do is you want to take a tampon, soak that in some hard alcohol, hard alcohol, and you want to get that up there, get it in there real deep. And that way you've got yourself sort of a tampon shot that you can at will get as disgusting. This is brilliant, Kyle. Now, now, the other question is, can women get drunk through their vaginas? Vagina? No, but you can get a very bad uh, infection and possibly toxic shock syndrome. So be aware. It's Hmm. like a pool in there. You need to watch the pH. Ass play only. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) I've never done that, and and I don't like being drunk well enough to do it. Um, But the things that I don't like about being... the, The things I hate the most about drinking is the vomiting. So... I could mm-hmm. I could definitely see the uh, like if you're one of those guys who like is in a situation where it's to be social and to stick with your friend group you really need to go out and party every night I could see I could probably come, become a butt chugger and that and that sort of stuff. there's a couple <laughs> things I don't like about drinking one is the taste <laughs> I don't do well with the taste that's why we problem drink the, solved the sugar problem solved there um, one is the money I feel like especially if you want to get drunk outside your house like at a bar or something um, it feels like you're in for like 30 or 40 bucks. No, one tampon, one shot, and you're good to go now. What, I, yeah. I guess, yeah. And if it really is seven to one, then you've cut the cost by seven. You know, you know also, if you're going to like Red Robin and getting hammered on like $8 Miller Lights, like you, you've got a whole array of other problems to sort out. Like, as what are to some why examples of people going to a certain thing to do their drinking just to get around the fact that they're a, an alcoholic? I got, I got a good one. So there are these beer festivals where they have these four-ounce cups of beer. You pay like $60 to get in, and you drink all you want. This place is a haven for alcoholics, functioning alcoholics, which is totally a thing. <laughs> um, but there's lots of instances of that where people like, like those wine tastings. I remember we went to a wine tasting once. Yeah. And I actually found some wines that I liked, which which was shocking. But Me too. you know, we've we've talked about this before. They're mm. the desserty sweet wines. It was a 
you know, they're literally, it's literally called dessert wine. The Riesling was too bitter. Um, <laughs> but I just remember there was, there was like two guys there. You know, I'm with my girlfriend. Everybody else is with like a, a, a significant other, a wife or a husband or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And then there's these two dudes there who are just slamming down these, <laughs> these flight after flight of like five wines at a time. They're just like, like that bouquet, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nutty. <laughs> They've just got teeth and upper lips slightly stained red. Just, what do you think funny. about this one? You see, I just, I, I drink another one of these if you brought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, they're uncertain funny. about everyone. Like, I don't really yeah. know. Can I get it? Give me a second shot. I, th- I need a second opinion. You forgot <laughs> one more. Like, <laughs> I, I was going to go to Mardi Gras this past weekend, and... uh St. Louis has the second biggest Mardi Gras party in the country behind New Orleans. And I found that out uh, when my friends invited me a week ago. <laughs> I, who fucking cares? But yeah, we're I number two. Up, yeah. <laughs> woke up that morning and I was too sick and I couldn't go. But that's what I had is one of those like $80. Like, so I wasted like 85 bucks on this fucking ticket and I ended up getting sick from this, you know, typhoid carrying lady that Melissa works with. She keeps getting us both sick. But, uh, yeah, that's what we had. It's like a $90 pass where you can just go in and drink all day. And from what I texted my friends who did go to that, it very quickly deteriorates from like, because it starts at 8 in the morning. Like our yeah, plan for that day was do. they were like, hey, uh, just drive downtown. We'll meet you at our place at 8 o'clock. Bring some bacon. We're going to make breakfast and then bring like a 12 pack. And we're all going to get a little hammered before we go drink. And it was like, okay, that should be fun. And uh, it apparently, it's probably for the best that I didn't make it out there. But it was it's just a shit show, I'm surmising. Sounds like yeah, fun, I, though. They talked about um, an event similar to this uh, on, on the Howard Stern Show. Uh, one of the guys who works in the back, Richard Christie, is an alcoholic, a very functioning ho- alcoholic. But during the week, those five days, he gets <laughs> pretty much every day. And he was going to this thing called, it was like a wing fa- One of the things he does is he wears diapers, usually, to, co- to concerts and stuff, so he can just piss his pants. Uh, but what? Yeah. That's yeah. pro level. MLG drinking. That- he says that an adult diaper soaks up so much of the urine that your your thighs and balls and stuff aren't even like wet. It just dry you're instantly dry and you don't have to do the line experience. But he was describing this event that was like wings and beer and like you said you've got to get up at like it's a tailgating thing. And to even get a tailgating spot because it's a morning event, you got to be there at like 6 a.m. or the night before. Mm-hmm. So they're all there that since the night before tailgating getting wasted and then they go in and it's all the wings and beer they can eat. So Stern was like, what's the bathroom like in a scenario like that? And he's like, awful. It's so awful. And they had an interview with the, the guy who has to clean the bathroom. And, and they asked him, that they're like, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? He's like, shit on the walls. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> he, goes, he goes, and when you have to clean the shit off the walls, what does it do to you? He goes, it breaks you down, man. It breaks you down. He's <laughs> like a <laughs> Vietnam vet. <laughs> if, if, you could say, if you could say one thing to the attendees of like Wing Drunk 2015, what would you, what would you say to him? Shit in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> that was all he had. Shit in the hole. <laughs> uh, Janitor, you know, janitors that occupation that we've known since elementary school was one of the worst, right? Because you got to see it firsthand. You know, I remember... I always pissed in the fucking toilets, but I remember it being like a second, third grader and people running around just cocks flying and piss everywhere and just thinking like, that dude's got to clean this shit up. But janitor really, really is an awful job to have. Um, I, cleaning up after others is not something I no. can see any, like I can't even see like the bright spot of that. Like let's say you're, you know, there's lots of jobs that seem really awful at first, like coal miner. 
but maybe you know as a coal miner you got some great camaraderie with the rest of the coal miners and you're a coal miner and you're in the union and there's a whole thing and it's a brotherhood a lot of coal miners work in an area where the other people are less professionally successful than you like it so i, I used to all go off-roading in harlan kentucky a lot and when a guy would come in, you could tell he was a coal miner because he had this coal miner dust all over him. And they'd, they'd come in at like a certain time of day. This is to a restaurant. And uh, you're like, that dude is making, I'll make up a number, you know, 65 grand a year or something. He's got a really hard job, but he's bringing it home for his family. You know, mm -hmm. he's sort of more honorable than 75% of the people in this community. You know, so yeah. there's there's that going. Respectable job. It's a respectable <clears throat> job. Janitor to me, and, and maybe it's awful. So when I see a janitor or when I interact with a janitor or, you know, I have to do a thing that then the janitor is going to have to clean up, like when I'm disposing of trash or whatever, I think about him. And I, and I really, you know, I think back to uh, Breaking Bad when, when Walt is like vomiting in the bathroom and Horatio, the kindly old janitor, the kindly janitor is like, you know, give him the tissue. And he's like, get back to class. I'll clean this vomit up. You've got to teach Mr. White. Like I think I think of that guy with janitors, but at the same time I'm like, that's that's one of the lowest jobs on the totem ball. I disagree. Terrible job. I it, it, for me it's a little bit different. Like um, when when I worked at Cisco a lot, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to stay late enough that the like janitor staff would empty my trash can, and um, you know I I just pull it out for them like to make it their their reach a little easier and put it back afterwards. And but it's like this is a guy with an honorable job doing an honorable thing, and it's kind of in private. I would like, I would take that over a McDonald's job where mm -hmm. like they're making me wear a paper hat in front of everybody. Everyone knows I'm making, you know, just a touch over minimum wage. Like it, I feel like one of the worst parts about the McDonald's job is not the job itself. It's like, uh, like... At least if you're like a an adult, like if you're my age, yeah. and, and you, there's a kind of embarrassment to like it's like the prestige, or I guess the complete opposite of whatever prestige is, whatever the word for that would be. The shame. Yeah, not what quite shame. At least you have a job. Prestige, you know. I, I guess, but I, I I don't know. There, like, what the teenage version of me didn't care about social structure at all, at all. And my father was like, you know, you want it like it's nice to be an engineer, an accountant, doctor, lawyer, whatever, you know, because people look at you in a certain way. Like, I don't care how people look at me. Like I didn't, and I didn't. In my the core of me just didn't care at all. Now that I'm what forty two, almost forty three. My birthday's this month. Um, uh, now that I'm forty two, I don't know. I not that I'm all hung up on stack ranking everybody's professions, but I, I, I also. I would rather be a janitor in private, you know, where I went around to like office buildings. Okay, in night, private, yeah, sure. You know, than um, than like that a, a fast food right. worker in public. I, I really don't like the the daily humiliation that could come along with with being uh, the McDonald's guy. Like maybe you're serving someone you know or something like that. At least you're right. You're absolutely right about that. That it's it would be preferable to clean trash and garbage in the dark than it would to serve food in the day. However, I don't want to clean shit in the dark because I'll know about that. <laughs> like that's I I just don't want to clean the shit. I would rather sling the burger than clean the shit. Um, but what if you get to McDonald's and they're like, "All right, you're on mop duty," and they put you on shit duty at McDonald's? <laughs> that's that's the end, right? That's there. a double whammy. <laughs> I, I wasn't far from that. You know, I, I had um I, I worked at a restaurant when I was like 13 and 14. I rented bikes, and then there was a restaurant attached to it, Flanders, whatever. Um, and uh, and I worked the grill and just did whatever the worst jobs were. I really really didn't like carrying the trash 
Like restaurant trash is the most awful trash. It leaks. There's unknown fluids in it. Like it, I, I'm, I'm, it's whatever. I, I guess people are throwing soda in a grease trash can, and oils, and, and sodas, and then the and soda pours onto the grease, which is draining on burgers, and you know whatever used to be bread is now some horrific fluid gel thing. And um, and trash has a there's a there's a there's trash is filthy. It, it, it like home trash. I'm thinking like like you know the the juice from a packet of chicken is in there, and like mm-hmm. there's all. I, I I've taken the trash out at McDonald's during my short tenure there, and I can confirm it was my most hated task. Yeah, and and I I don't know. I feel like a lot of the jobs I had as a teenager, I got the worst part of it. Like you know, like I worked at um after that I went to a job that was clean. And it was it was a place called Old Salt in Ocean City, and um, we sold like it was sort of an upscale souvenir shop. Like they sold lamps, and I don't. It wasn't just rubber sharks. Like there was some wooden chests with pirate coins or something. I don't know what the fuck we sold. So, um, uh, but still, someone like there's a, a like a carpet rug mat thing right as you walk in the door. We would take. I'd have to take that outside and beat it to get all the sand out of it because it's a. It was a boardwalk store. Sand piled up. I always got that job. Um, you know, breaking the boxes down. Like you'd have to cut the boxes, make them flat, and like wrap them up. That was always me. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, of course, none of the girls were eligible for shitty work, but they got paid the same. And then even amongst the guys, the guys would have like I don't know, their Windexing glass figurines and i'm outside like ripping up boxes and shit it's like why do i get the worst of every bad job here because i trust you woody i trust you i got a lot of faith in you you're gonna do big things one day now go go break down them boxes that would have fired you up right if he'd said that no i would have sold right through it (laughs) (laughs) like what trust i'm breaking down cardboard boxes you see those fast track to assistant manager (laughs) look in there you see those assholes windex and figurines why do you think they're doing that you think i can give that kid a box cutter he'll kill himself you're the only you're my eyes and ears out here woody you're my number one (laughs) (laughs) i i yeah even now like I, i don't know i'm a a, a little bit insulted, hurt. I don't know what it was. What like, was his name? The the guy Sharon was the lady who owned it. Sharon in in Ocean Ocean City, New Jersey. <laughs> We're going after Doctor Man. Doctor Man is really a better target. Sharon was was nice right, in a we'll lot of ways. Slide for you now, know, but. dudes. So Sharon, like a coach, created this really fun work environment, right? Everybody loved working at Old Salt. They were friends. They'd party together after work. They called themselves Old Salties. It was like this teenaged polo shirt wearing gang, right? You know, like like we were just all friends. And what I found fascinating, one of my coworkers wrote a college paper on it, was how she took this fun culture where like she just made sure everybody fit together, right? There was no outsiders in the Old Salt world. We all... We're friends, all of us. And because the work environment was so cool, she paid less than everyone else. She was able to substitute like friendship for money. And it it was a weird dynamic. And everyone who worked there kind of knew it. They were like, yeah, I could make 25 cents more an hour over there, which in today's dollars might be like 60 cents more an hour. Maybe that's a stretch, but whatever. It was significant. And, um, you know, but like, but then I'd lose all the guys and the girls, and, yeah. you know, like everyone liked each other. Um, hmm. Yeah. So you got a hockey game tonight, Taylor? 
Blues are playing the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Hopefully, we take them down and get two more points on the track yeah. to because when you stay when you in get, the playoffs. Yeah, those points are important. When you when you get thirteen, you got a baker's dozen. That's what they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah. then it's time for the smorgasbord. Yeah, <laughs> as is custom. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would be great is. Uh, if we ever watch like a hockey game live together in person, I want you to commentate. Yes, like yes. you're the guy where you're like, oh, you know, he's got a real disc maneuver there, or just because like, I guarantee you're going to lose track of the puck and be commentating oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. wrong things. Oh, look, it's over there, actually. No, no, no. Okay, all right, all right. Turns out there wasn't. Turns out they weren't actually playing. Um, this is called halftime. All right, all right. <laughs> there's no halftime. No, no. two halftime. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> there's two halftime. Like, yeah, there's yeah. three periods, right? So there's okay. Yeah, that's it's great. Been a while. I've um I've never watched one on uh, um like on television. I've watched pieces to tell that I don't like it. But I've been to a couple. Of them. It was a fun atmosphere. I really liked it. I'd definitely go again. And I would do that. That would be really funny to do like uh, complete ignoramus's uh, commentary, like a mystery science theater kind of kind of thing. They need to start putting that sort of thing on free TV. You know, like on the internet. I really mean to say, like, you know, you should be able to watch all of TV streamed over the net. You know, they'll just feed you the same commercials. So, why aren't you know why are they using cable instead of broadcasting it over the net? I don't mm. understand the business case for it. Yeah. Well, you want to call the show there? Yeah, Painkiller Nearly, episode seventy-eight. I almost hit the wrong button. <laughs>